Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Is because of my faith in God, I can be a submissive wife. Because of my faith in God, I can be a submissive wife. All the women say amen to that. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, Now, the message today actually is just the beginning of that uh, that, that message. And I know the men are saying, whoo I'm glad to hear that. It's going to be more than one message to the women. <laughs> uh, but uh, it will be more than one message. I don't know how many, but it will be more than one. Um, possibly two, um, maybe three. I don't know. And then I'm going to close that series out and, and open another one up, um, hopefully. And that one will be uh, interaction. What, what happens when the uh, when when the wine goes out of your marriage, when the sweetness goes out of your mouth, on your marriage, when when the uh, wine turns to vinegar, when, when <laughs> you know <laughs> what happens? Uh, because I think that's that's very important to talk about that, uh, because we are uh, we are not in a situation where we are believing that everything is is hunkadori, peaches and cream. So how do you handle situations when they're not? So we'll be talking about that. That's where we're going. We, have, we, we are talking on, for our guests, we're talking uh, on teaching on the roles of a biblically successful marriage. I'm not talking about just a marriage now. We're talking about a biblically successful marriage. And we're just not talking about a, a uh, marriage that's successful either. Because we do have marriages that are uh, the world looks at it and everyone looks at it as successful. Uh, nowadays, if you've been married uh, more than 10, 15 years, you know, it's been successful. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a biblically successful marriage. That's the only thing that's going to hold up when we stand before the judgment seat. Uh, and everything, the book's going to be open and, and everything is done, everything is said, and this body uh, will be uh, judged then for the saints and we're going to receive rewards or everything's going to be burned up except us we'll, we'll make it through the fire but everything else will be burned up and we'll have no crowns to, to cast before the throne we have nothing to do uh, to say thank you Jesus for this right here because we missed our uh, opportunities because we didn't live for him we're not talking about that today we're talking about a biblically successful marriage so let's start with, uh, we finished with the men last week, so let's start with the women today. Let's open our Bibles up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Now, the reason why I'm starting where I'm starting always is that, that uh, God wants a foundation to things. God wants us to, to know the reason why we're doing things. It's not just uh, we're doing things because uh, the pastor says so. We're not doing things because it's the political thing to do or the good thing to do. We're doing things because God says so. And if he says so, he's saying it when he first put things together. In verse 26 of chapter 1 in Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make man, or man, mankind, in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule, them rule. And he wasn't talking about just, Men, he's talking about mankind, men and women. 
Let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his image, his own image, and again, mankind. Um, And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, he created them in his image, or he created just the man in his image, and the female he did not create in his image. He created female in the image of a bird or fly. What did he commit? What is he talking about here? He created both men and women, mankind, in his image. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said to Cain that, uh, and Cain said, somebody's going to kill me. God does not want anyone murdered because, or killed because, Man is made, mankind is in the image of God. Is that correct? That's male and female is in the image of God. I'm starting this way because I want women to understand that you are important to God. You are very important to God. You are special to God. And, and that has to be important. See, because of sin, because of a lot of times men... Uh, we have sometimes uh, made it in your mind like you are inferior just because you are weaker uh, on a whole than, than most men, most men. And so that's not what God wants you to know. God doesn't want you to know that, well, you are weak, you're inferior, uh, therefore you walk behind men, Therefore, you make less money than men in the same job. Therefore, you know, you, you just stay home and, 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 and keep the kids and, and be in your place because all we're going to do is keep you pregnant and bare feet. And that's not what God wants, to, wants you to know. God wants you to know that you were created in his image. That's what he wants you to know. You were created in his image. Let's go a little further here. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. The first role of a woman in a marriage is to be a helper suitable for her husband. A helper suitable for her, her, her husband. That's, the, that's your first, that's, that's, that's a role. And in Genesis, that's the, that's the role God's given you to, to, to do for your husband, to be a helper suitable for him. But, but now, now, when we say a helper suitable for him, we're not talking about uh, just a, 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 a somebody to, hey, take this right here. Hey, go get this. That's, you know, they, we're not talking about that kind of helper. We're talking about a, a, a helper. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is a helper, don't we? He's a helper. And the Holy Spirit is not no... Go for is it? Go get this. Go do that, and go to no. Uh-uh. The Holy Spirit. He he is, he is, uh, uh, a, a helper in that he is going to bring about what God's will is for your life. Then it says here that a helper is when you think about this context of it. There was no counterpart for this man, no counterpart. In other words, he had. All these animals, he had everything. He even had Adam to name them, brought them before Adam. So you name everything, whatever you call it, that's what it is going to be. And Adam 
with the man was not found a helper suitable for him. No partner. Nobody. So God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I need to make him a counterpart. I need to make somebody that corresponds to him. That's what a helper is. Someone who corresponds to this man, a counterpart. Someone who's completing him. Someone who compliments him. And an animal couldn't do that. So that's what a helper is. A helper is not somebody just to, hey, uh, you're supposed to assist me because you're a helper. Uh, I need this wrench over here. You go pick up this wrench and bring it over here. And that is a lot of times in some societies what women do. They walk behind the man. They, they, uh, they, they, they don't do anything but what this man says. That is not what it was supposed to be from the beginning. So the, when I told you that the message when I was teaching on the men is for the women, for the children, for everybody, the same thing when I'm teaching the women about their roles is for the men, is for the girls, is for the boys, is for everybody to understand what God's word is saying because we're, God is speaking through his Holy Spirit to all of us because we all can have an have a, uh, improper mindset of what God wants. Okay. Let's go a little further here in verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned, we know that men built, we talked about that uh, before. He built into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And we know that's repeated in our foundation scripture we've been using. Now, we know that Adam was asleep. The man was asleep. If he was asleep, he didn't know what was going on. So we know that God told him. And we know that he took the rib from, from the man and built her or fashioned her into a woman, but he also must have used flesh. Is that true? From the man because it says, she is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He didn't know whether it was, he, he, he did not know that, it was, that God took the bone because he was asleep. So, but God told him. So we get a revelation in this is that not only did, did God use bone, but he used some of his flesh too because it says he's flesh of my flesh. Now, let's don't take this further than God means it to be. This is what God said. Now, do we think that, well, he took, because we've heard this many times through the years, he took the rib from Adam's flesh, uh, from, from his rib, because he wanted woman to be by his side. He didn't take it out of his foot because he didn't want... Uh, the woman to be his footstool or be walked on. Well, we can say that all we want to, but 
God doesn't need to take the rib out of his side for her to be by his side. He did it for a purpose. I don't know what that purpose was that he used the rib. All I know is what he said. We know that he took something from man to make the woman. He didn't have to do that either. He could have taken uh, the woman and built her from a rock, from the, from the dust of the ground like he did the man. He could he used anything he wanted to do because he's God. Why did he use something of man, take something out of man to make the woman? Well, I don't think the man is missing anything as far as, um, well, you know, he, he's, he took that out of, the, out, of, out, of, out of the man. He took some flesh out of him too. He probably took some flesh out of his, his head because now he, the man doesn't have good sense that he needs a woman. See, we, 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 we could say a lot of things, but the scripture doesn't support that. I just don't know why he, he used what he used. But all we know is that he took something from the man, built a woman, and he brought the woman to the man. And it's important because it's important what he, he did because Adam now, and he told him, you realize that I took this woman out of your body and I fashioned her out of your body, so therefore you make sure she's important. And Adam knew he was, she was important because he said, now, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, so that means Adam was going to treat her special because she was built just for him. There was no other, no other creature on the earth at this time that was built for Adam. Nobody before God built this woman, and he said that she is important. I took her from you, and therefore you treat her special. And I believe that Adam did. I believe he did. And I believe that that's what God wants. And we know that chapter 3 brings in the sin. And we know that from that point on, everything was distorted. And so, therefore, that's why you have cultures that treat women as though they are nothing. And even in America, it's the same thing. They treat women as though they were uh, nothing. Jesus didn't do that. He did not do that. He brought in something that was very contrary to the culture. He lifted women up. Everywhere he went, just about, there were women with, 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 with Jesus. Everywhere he went. And the disciples said, why are you talking to this Samaritan woman, you know? Jesus did not make this woman feel bad because she uh, uh, was in a state she and her past was, was not good, a good past. And the, woman, the man he, she was living with was not, she was living in sin even then. Jesus didn't make her feel bad. But we do. Sometime, and that's not what God wants. He wants women to be built up. He don't want women to be put down. Okay. Let's go to chapter 5, and let's look there. Verse 1, it says, This is the book of the generation, generations of Adam. In the day that when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female. Sounds just like what we read in verse 26. Isn't it? And he blessed them and named them man or Adam. 
in the day when they were created. So God wasn't making all this distinction that we make. God says that they are both equal in my sight. Do you all feel that women in our society today, do you feel like you're equal? Do you, are you treated like that? That's what I want you to know that God wants you to be. Now, Scripture is Scripture, but I'm just laying a foundation that you are important. Let's go to First uh, Corinthians, and let's start looking at some things that may ruffle a little feathers, but that's okay. We got a foundation. We know you're important. In First Corinthians chapter 11, we'll start in verse 1. God is so good, and he helps us, even though some of the scriptures we don't understand why he says some of the things, but if you know the, the heart of a person, you know that they don't mean what some people think they may say it means because we have a foundation that God has a heart for women, for men, for both to be equal and for there to be order in society. That's what he wants, order in society. Because society is only supposed to be kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. When you get born again, we're all in the kingdom of heaven. And we're not in this world system. God's brought us out of this out of out of the system, even though we're in it, we're not of it. So therefore, let's look what he says in, in verse one. It says, Be imitators of me just as I am of Christ. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything. And, and hold firmly to the traditions which I have delivered to you. This is not the traditions like man has a tradition. He's talking about the doctrines and the ordinances uh, that, that, that came down from God. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And we said that man means mankind. It does not mean, uh, 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 you know, just... He's, he's just the head of every man. He's the head of every mankind. He's, is he the head of women too? Yes, he's the head of women too. Then he says, and the man is the head of a woman. Now, he doesn't mean mankind is the head of women. He doesn't mean that. See, this, this Greek word could mean man or it could mean, um, it could mean husband, depending on the context. And this Context, you know he does not mean that every man is the head of every woman. You know he doesn't mean that because it's not that way in Genesis. Now, he's talking about the, the husband is the head of his wife. That's what he's talking about here because the woman is the same way. It can mean woman or, or, or wife. And God is the head of Christ. So we know that. We know that we have order in the kingdom. If God is the head of Christ, that means that Jesus Christ is submitted to the Father. Is that correct? That's what it means. And so I think when, when, when the Holy Spirit breathed this into uh, the mind of Paul to write this to the church at Corinth, 
I believe that he's trying to let us know that it's important when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm getting ready to tell you something, it's important that you understand that there is order in the kingdom. There's order in the kingdom. And if I'm going to talk about headship, I'm going to start with the kingdom with the Godhead. There is order in the Godhead. There is equality in the Godhead. Jesus Christ is God. The Holy Spirit is God. But we have God in three persons, even though there's only one God, there's God in three persons, so we do have order in the Godhead because they have different responsibilities they carry out. You see? It doesn't mean that, 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 uh, that one is, is inferior to the other one. It doesn't mean that. So he's laying this foundation because then he goes on to talk about head covering. He says that every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. And he's already talked about Christ's head. Man. Then he says that, but every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as women whose head is shaven. And, and, and the Corinthians understood that because in, in their society, back then in the temple and all those type of places, they had women who were, or had their head shaven, they were, they, were, they were rebellious women. And it says here, for if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if, she, but if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off, or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. Now, when, when you read that, you say, oh, man, I thought you just said we were important. Now, you, now, you, now you're putting us down. Is, 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 is the Holy Spirit putting women down now? No. No. He's just trying to bring order in the church. That's all he's trying to do. In the Corinthian church, because things were happening in this particular church that was not happening in other churches, so this is what he's telling this church for there to be order. Because they were out of order. That's what, that's what it did. That's what's happening. When he says that, that for a man ought not to have his head covered since he is the image of, and the glory of God, well, we read that in in chapter 5, verse 1 on down in Genesis, didn't we? But we know that God is not meaning that women, you're not the glory of God. Men are, but women are not. You can't be meaning that because we know that they're equal. And we know that, that every human being is the image and glory of God. So what does he mean here? When, when it's glory can mean a lot of different things, but, but also this glory here talking about here that, that men are supposed to be in the image and reflect. They're supposed to reflect God. Haven't I already told you that? And, and, and we did that when we were talking about um, the husband and the wife, when we were talking about uh, that this is a mystery, but I'm speaking of Christ and the church. We, we went over that, and we said that the, the man is supposed to reflect Christ in his marriage. You see, that's what man is supposed to do, reflect Christ. Just like the moon reflects the light from the sun, man is supposed to reflect 
Christ. As a husband, I'm supposed to reflect Christ in my relationship with Minerva in our marriage because we're supposed to be representing and reflecting Christ in the church. So she's supposed to reflect the church, and I'm supposed to reflect Christ. Not that she's not supposed to reflect Christ because we went through that also, that, that this, this Bible is written to everybody, men and women. It's just in our marriage, we're talking about a great mystery, Christ in the church. So you've got to keep that in your mind when, you, when, you, when you're looking at this. Then it says, for man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. See, it sounds like he's trying to really do a number on the women, isn't it? For indeed, man was not created for, the, for woman's sake, but woman for man's sake. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Therefore, because I just said all that, the woman ought to have her the symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. And see, if you don't take it into context, is that what was going on in the church of Corinth? What was Paul saying? Why was he saying it? What were they hearing when Paul was talking to them that they understood exactly what he meant? See, we don't understand because we weren't there. And we, if you don't read up on, on, on all the, the historical stuff, you won't know exactly what they're saying and you'll get offended. But I'm here to say that God is not intended to offend women. He's just trying to order this church at Corinth. And he's trying to go back to Genesis and say that did man originate from God when he first made Adam? Did he make the woman first and then take the real from the woman and make the man? No. He did just the opposite. So that's all they're saying here. That, the, that man was created first. But we know that he was going to create woman too because he said in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he said he was going, he was going to create them in his, in his image, male and female. He was going to create them. And so therefore, we know that woman came from man. And we know that the woman was made for the man's sake. We know that from Genesis because Adam didn't have a, have a suitable a counterpart when he made the woman. So he was made for, the woman was made for the man. But not for the man to rule around and to have dominion over. He already state, say, stated that in, in, in Genesis also and said that you have to dominion over the animals, over the creeping thing, over the cattle, he didn't say you have dominion over each other. That was not his, his point, all in his intention. So, but also, we know that, the, know that man, the second man who came, came from woman. Is that correct? Every human being from that point on came from a woman. So, men, he's saying, don't get no swell head and think you're something when you're nothing because the only way you got into this world is through your mother. Really? Is it true? So how important are women? You wouldn't have nobody else if it weren't for, if it weren't for Eve. If you didn't have that woman, it wouldn't have been nobody but Adam and then Eve. That's it. Why? Because God made it so that each one would be dependent upon each other. He didn't make man so man can re reproduce and have a child by himself. Is that true? 
Nobody can. I mean, no, even the animals, right? When he brought them in the ark, he brought them in too, male and female, didn't he? Nobody gonna, everybody needs somebody. That's what he's saying. You need a counterpart. So therefore, men don't think that women are, because see, when, when well, I read this thing, but I say, hoo-hoo, praise God. Minerva, you got to understand that you were, I, you were made for me. I was not made for you. Now, come on. That's crazy. Right? But anybody who doesn't have much sense will read that in this context and, and don't, don't know anything. I know you all are not like that. You see? You're not like that. Because we know the beginning. We know the reason why he took the woman from him. We know that, and so therefore, one, one of the reasons, and we know that God wants equality, and we know that they were dependent upon each other, and sin messed it up. We knew that. Is that correct? Okay. Just want to make sure of this stuff now. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Before, but before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which is later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has been become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under, the, under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith, in Jesus Christ. Who is he talking about? If we go back in the context, he's talking about the Jews and the, and the Gentiles. He's talking about, that's what he's talking about. And, and we know that the Jews are on the law. We know that the Gentiles are not on the law, on the faith. But there, there again, nobody is going to come to Jesus Christ unless they, unless the Father draws them. Is that correct? Nobody's going to be born again unless, unless they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I don't care whether you're Jew. I don't care whether you're Gentile. I don't care what you are, you're going to have to come the same way through Jesus Christ. The law cannot save you if you're a Jew. The law can't save you if you're a Gentile trying to live like a Jew. The law cannot save you. The law was a tutor to lead us to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the law was for. But we are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. So can you say, well, oh, I'm important because I'm a Jew. No. I'm important because I'm a Gentile. No. You're only important if you're in Christ. That's it. You're in Christ. You got to be in Christ. And, and, and the Jews going to be saved, even though some are saved now, they will be saved because there will come a time where he's going he's gonna, to uh, uh, open up the things and a veil going to be removed and they're going to see things the way they, he, they need to see it, but they, their eyes are blinded so we can come in as Gentiles. Praise God for his marvelous grace. Then it says that, there is neither slave nor free man. In Christ, I don't, care, I don't care if you were a slave back then. I don't care whether you're free. It is neither slave nor free in the kingdom of God. There is neither male nor female 
in the kingdom of God, for you are all one in Christ. Now, why did he say that? Because he was talking to the Galatian church because people were trying to uh, get them to um, do, go back and do some Jewish law stuff. And he said, oh, you foolish Galatians, how are you going to start in the spirit and then you're going to end up uh, back in the law? You're nullifying the grace of God. So on the context that's written, he was telling them that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male or female, there's neither slave or free. We can't take this and say, ha ha, see what it says here? There's neither male nor female, so therefore, don't you think you're the head? I am the head. I don't care because I'm a female because it says that there's neither male or female. You can't take the scripture and just use it any way you want to use it. We've got to have it in context. And that's why I brought that, that out, is that, that for two reasons. For don't take it out of context, and also to tell you that in Christ, you are equal females to men. Don't let nobody tell you that Christ said you are subservient because you came from man, all this kind of stuff, using using Corinthians, because I already told you that. I'm trying to take the scriptures that, that men would try to use to try to make you think that you are inferior. Women are the same as men in the kingdom. Okay? You are important. You are important. Now, that's the first thing we need to understand, is that your role as a wife and if you're single, praise God. You got time to practice this until you get married. If you get married. Time not to practice this is when, once you get married. And then you have all these squabbles, all these problems. You got to go to all the counsel and all this stuff because you don't understand what the scripture is saying. Practice this when you're single. If you're single. And if you're married, and you say, well, hey, praise God, it's never too late to start anything. I'm not an old dog that can't, you know, learn new tricks. I'm a new, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a puppet boy. I'm frisky, man. I, but come on, man. I, I can, you know, uh, I, you teach me tricks, man. I'll chase this bone. I'll do whatever, God, you know. No, aren't we like puppets? To God. To God. God said, go get it. We go get it. He said, come, we come, right? He said, sit, we sit, right? We're not like cats. They come when they want to come. They come when they want to come. See? All right. They do. They want to rub, they'll come. They don't, they'll stay away. See? No. We are very submissive to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two. I might get to three. No, I don't think I'm going to get to three. Uh, I have four. Uh, but it doesn't matter because I'm teaching next week. Right? Uh, we said it's more than one message. Uh, uh, so the women, so the men uh, won't get your hopes up high. We're not talking about submission today, man. Even though the, t- <laughs> even though the title is that because of my faith in God, I can be a submissive wife. We're not going to even talk about submission today. It's coming, but we're not going to talk about it, about it today. We're laying a foundation for, for everything because without the foundation, we, we're going to get it wrong. See? We're going to get it wrong. Women, as a wife, you to be a, a, your husband's counterpart. 
your husband's um, um, equal, but yet function differently the way God created you to function. But you're, you're suited for him. Number two, uh, your role as a woman, as a wife, but it's also for a woman, as a wife, is to make sure God is your number one love, period. Make sure God is your number one love, period. Period. If you, if you don't have that as a role, you say, that's not a role. Everybody's supposed to do that. Yeah, everybody's supposed to do that. With, with men, everybody's supposed to do all that stuff that I told men to do, too. I mean, you, I mean, you're supposed to do all those type of things, too. Really? Right? See, God says that he's love. Jesus says that we should love even our enemies. We should love one another. We should love, right? Well, then, just because a man is supposed to love his woman, is that, does that mean that woman, his, the wife is not supposed to love the husband? No, it doesn't mean that. You're supposed to love the hu- your husband. You're supposed to love your enemy. You're supposed to love anybody. So therefore, you know that just because I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying, yes, there's a specific roles of the husband. Yes, there's specific roles of the man. But they, hey, you know, we got to do a little everything because we are, first of all, we belong to Christ. I'm saying this, and I was not going to, that was not in my original notes when I first started. Uh, uh, doing this and putting this together. But this came to me that I need to put this in because of the way society is, because of the way men are. See, see, if men will make you think, or husband will make you think, like I try to make Minerva think, on time that I was it. That, you know, the, the sun rose and set on me, not on her. And so, therefore, I'm the husband, I'm the head, I'm the king, and therefore, I'm to be worshipped. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, it sounds good to me. You know, when I first got saved and I started reading the scripture, I mean, I, some scriptures, you know, they just jump out at you, you know. <laughs> they jump out at you. You know, you're the head, you know. Woman wasn't made for you. You were made for. I mean, woman made for you. You weren't made for her. Well, yeah. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, that, uh, man, God was speaking to me today. Right. <laughs> oh man, you know. Oh, come on. But uh, but that's why I said yeah, it has to be your number one. Now let's go to uh, Matthew chapter twenty-two. Let's go there, verse thirty-six. Let's go there real quick because. It, I mean, it tells us that. I, I could just tell you what it says and quote what it says. But I like for people to see it on the screen, what it means here. Uh, when it says that in Matthew 22, verse 36 says, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Was he talking to men? Was he talking to women? Was he talking to who is he talking to? Everybody. This is a great and foremost commandment. In the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments, uh, on these two commandments depend on the whole law and the prophets. 
So all of the Old Testament is going to be summed up in those two. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to another scripture, Matthew chapter seven, verse twelve. Let's go there. And it says, "In everything, therefore, treat people the same way that you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets." He's talking to the men or talking to the women. Everybody, everybody. Okay. I want women to understand that it's very important for you to have God as your number one love. And if you don't have him as your number one love, what will happen is that you're going to get out of order in your marriage and what God has called you to do because men will ask you to do things that will not be what God wants you to do. You hear what I'm saying? Now, I know you're saying that, I know you're saying that, ooh, no, 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 no. How can you stand up and say that when the, the men, they're going to love me just like Christ loved the church and, and he's going to create an environment for me? They go, you know those um, 14 things that, that you said that the men are supposed to do as, as their husband? That's what they're going to do, so I shouldn't have to worry about a thing. Let me tell you something. I don't know any man that's there yet that's married. I really don't. Include myself. I don't know anybody there. I know that I'm trying to get there. I know there are other husbands trying to get there, especially after I heard the message, uh, from because I heard it before you heard it. I did. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I'm trying to work on myself to be more like Christ is to the church, trying to be that way to Minerva, but I'm, I, uh, you know, sometimes I make mistakes. You, you know what I'm saying? I make mistakes sometimes because it's just human nature. You make mistakes, especially when they ask you to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. You know, you make mistakes. And I already said that, you know, you're supposed to do, try to, you know, try, try to be a blessing to her, you know, be like Christ to the children. And, you know. But, man, it was, it, was, it was hard working out in the yard yesterday. It was hard on his flesh, the body, man. Woo, it was hard. I wanted to, you know, sin and then ask for forgiveness. Know, but <laughs> but I couldn't do that, so I had to I had to I had to please my wife. Um, so I'm trying to tell you that men are not there. You're gonna have to have God as your number one love. Men will ask you to do some crazy stuff and say it's God's will. It's God's will for you to do this because I'm the head. You're supposed to be submissive to me. Women heard that before. So. I mean, if we were if we were if we were just in husband and wife and marriage, I tell you some things that, that, that I mean goes on that women I mean are so subject to, and I mean it's terrible, it is terrible, what men do. Now you know that from ungodly men, right? Ungodly men ask women to do a lot of different things. That's why you have a lot of stuff going on in the in the marriage that doesn't supposed to be going on in marriages because of these silly. Men that, that watch things and have these fantasies, and these fantasies they try to put on their women their wife, as a wife. Do I have to go any further? Nope, I don't have to go any further. But I'm telling you, and I'm not, some of you women know what I'm talking about. Y'all watch TV enough to know what I'm talking about. Well, 
If you don't watch it, maybe read books. I don't know what you do. All I know, you know what I'm talking about because you know I'm not crazy. You know what I'm talking about. Men have fantasies, and and I'm not talking about no football fantasy. (laughs) And they want women to do some crazy things and say they need to be submissive because you're my wife and, and it's not sin. Let me tell you something. Something, some things are just not right. Just not right. It doesn't even make sense. Because it doesn't even it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't suit right with, with the spirit of God. Right? So I'm telling you that um, women have God as your number one. You gotta be able to say to your husband, sweetheart, you know, I, I really I mean, it's just a joy to be submissive to you uh, when you are doing what Christ asks you to do. But when you ask me to do something that Christ is not asking me to do, that's really just just grieve the Holy Spirit, I I can't do that because God is my number one. And we all agree that God is my number one. He's your number one. Isn't God your number one, sweetheart? Let him act foolish then. But I'm telling you, have God as your number one. If you have God as your number one, you can you, you help yourself in a lot of situations. That uh, it's just something you do. I've heard so many things. I've heard I've heard, I've heard um, a teaching that says that a woman is supposed to be submissive to her husband regardless of what it, what it is, because the Holy Spirit will intervene uh, if it's something that He doesn't want you to do. Even if your husband tells you to do it and you're about to do it, then you go on and do everything your husband tells you to do. I said, that is not a teaching from the Bible, so do not, even don't even think about it, teaching that to women in this church. It's not Bible. The line is drawn in the sand, in the carpet, in iron, I don't care what it is, a line is drawn that if you cross that line of the word of God, don't do it, women. If men try to ask you to cross the line of biblical doctrine, do not cross that line. Period. I don't care if he said uh, you were based in, you, you, you're stiff neck. You, you, you just like the, the women, uh, uh, you ought to have your head sh- shaved in because you're rebe- <laughs> I don't care what they tell you. They can try to embarrass you. I don't care what they do. They can call you names. I don't care what they do. You say, oh, sweetheart, you know, um, you can call me names you want to, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm part of the body of Christ. So therefore, if you want to call part of the body of Christ all these names, then that's between you and God, but I'm not going to cross this line to sin against my God because he is my number one. You are my number two, sweetheart. We established that before we got married. You said you agreed with that when we were dating. That's the reason I married you, because you said God can continue to be my number one. Now you want me to change? No, I can't change, sweetheart. I love you. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be submissive when you are on this side of the line, on the word side, but I'm not going to be submissive to you uh, and be, dis- be unsubmissive to my Lord and Savior. Our first submission is to my King and my Lord. All right? Okay. Next week, We'll continue. Okay? Aren't you, uh, isn't this exciting, man? Isn't this exciting? 
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.